Let's go. You are listening to Dollars and Sensibility, the podcast that explores the numbers, concepts, and behaviors that shape your financial life. Hosts, business partners, and friends Bill McBride and Andrew Martz are financial advisors in Hollywood, California, that for a combined 35 years have helped thousands of individuals and businesses better their financial futures. Here, they want to open these discussions to you, the listener, share the many things they have learned, and of course, how to be sensible about your dollars. Greetings and welcome back to Dollars and Sensibilities. Here we are. Bill McBride and Andrew Martz, your hosts with the most. Andrew, what's good, my friend? It's another good Friday, my friend. Well, no, it's not good Friday, but it is a Friday that is well. (laughs) (laughs) Friday Friday was a few weeks ago. Anyway. Right? Yeah. All right. Today, we're going to talk about something I find quite peculiar, and it's really not talked about enough, if at all. We're going to talk about information timing. Now, again, this might seem like another dollars and sensibilities podcast made up phrase, but I've noticed this in many forms over the years, and I've seen how much simple oversight can lead to to disastrous effects when it comes to managing your investments or even just your money in general. We're not talking about market timing today. We've gone over that in every other episode, right? So market timing is when you try to time when to buy or sell a stock. That's bad. We've established that. But information timing, information timing is simply obtaining information that is either outdated or inaccurate because of the timestamp. Sounds funky, but we're going to introduce it today and give a few examples. So let's start with the first and most obvious one, which I think we can all relate to. Well, can we can we establish like why it is, quote unquote, in your words, funky? We live in the information age, right? Which I'm sure we're going to talk about the, the relevance of just that terminology in and of itself. And the speed at which we can obtain information and the pace at which information changes uh, is very, very quick, guided much by the proliferation of technology. So now what happens is so much of our decision-making is based on our ability to analyze, synthesize, and process data and or information. So it's like we're constantly drinking out of the fire hydrant when it comes to almost any decision that we're making, right? Simple consumer decisions. You want to buy a car. It's like all of a sudden, like you're looking at what technology, what engine, what tires, what upgrades, what warranty packages, who's got better financing. It's like in all of these these consumer products companies or auto, auto manufacturers are in competition with each other. So they're changing the terms of the game every single day. And it's like, you know, the, the easiest example is the iPhone example, right? Mm-hmm. Like I buy an iPhone and the, the moment I walk out of the, the Apple store, like it, there's already a new <laughs> phone that's better with a better camera and better technology and a better screen right. and, and all of it. Cause it's just all outdated. Right. And this idea of information timing is, is, really fascinating because it's like, well, it's almost impossible to not get caught in that. So how do we dissect it? So I'm interested to see what, what some of your examples are today. Well, I, and, I, and Andrew, I use the term funky because I, I don't know that it's an anomaly or um, just kind of a, a freak of the information world that we live in. I, I, I just think it's funky because it we go back 30 years 
and it was a it was a simpler time back then, right? But really, we had newspapers, and you know, I don't know about your parents, but if my parents had a newspaper that was a day old, right, it went in a different pile, and you didn't read it if you didn't read it that day, right? It was the next day. Fast forward 10, 20, 30 years later, and we have all these news articles that come out, and I think there's a generation, and it, it applies to everybody, but there's a generation that has been used to receiving news and thinking that it just came out today. It applies today. Like it, we, We've lost sight of that top middle of the wall street journal where it says the date on it right so let's let's get into that first example is that news article okay i can't tell you how many times i've seen this you google a company to get some information about that company and seven thousand pages come up Mm -hmm. you sift through some of the headlines you see that one headline about five articles down the page about the you know second quarter earnings for the company xyz that you're looking for you get halfway through the article and you realize wait, something's off here, okay? So you check the headline and underneath it, you see it. The date is last year. They're talking about second quarter from last year. It's small print, but how important is that, right? It seems really trite to be talking about it, but it it does happen. It's happened to me. You know, I, I'm sure I'm not the only one and it doesn't have to be, you know, last year. It could be last week. You know, we used to call that old news, right? In the newspaper business, that went in a separate pile and that was birdcage liner that was nothing that was done right but in this 24 7 financial news cycle you can look at an article from last week and simply be misled as things change so fast yeah so i think there's a there's a big difference between information and news right because i think you have to dissect some of it like Mm -hmm. information can oftentimes be timeless, meaning there are principles, there are fundamental things that do not change, right? Like math, like math doesn't change. So whether I'm reading a book that was published in 1920 or 2020, like two plus two is still going to be four a hundred years later. And, and that relevance or that timeliness of the information matters less. Opposed to if I'm following a saga with, let's say, an Elon Musk, who is a controversial and ever-changing figure in today's business and news cycle and environment. And whether what it's do- he's doing with Tesla or what he's doing with rockets, or he's trying to buy other companies like Twitter, the, literally the information is changing so fast that if you're hours behind, if you, if you jump onto a Zoom meeting two hours later, like all, the entire landscape and narrative of, of a story may be completely different. And what I would say is that, it, and this may be some of the point we're going to try to get to today, is that those things, the timely news headline driven type information is probably not information that you want to rest your decision making on because it can and will change so fast, opposed to timeless information, which remains steady the course, right? Provides fundamental truth, wisdom, clarity that you can say, hey, these are the things that I can hang my hat on and I can use this to dissect the ever-changing environment or context in which we're 
we're operating in. Because the business environment today in 2022 is much different than the business environment in 2002 and dramatically different than the business environment in 1982. But a lot of the same principles that create a, a sound business or a sound business leader or a great management team or uh, a great growth strategy are by and large the same. The tactics that are used to achieve them may be different because the context and the environment is different. So so let's segue both of them together, Andrew, right? So we, we've given the example of the, the news article, right? That's English. Let's go SAT on this thing. There's English and there's math, right? You can have information that is stale dated either way, right? So we just covered, hey, you pull up a news article. If it's Elon Musk making his bid on Twitter, well, if you missed a day, you might have missed a, a billion dollars in difference on, on what his, or I think it was $9 billion difference in what he was bidding, right? So example number two, we'll get into the math. Related to the stale data news, uh, this is something I've heard a lot of investors do more and more often. It's the sale dated Dow Jones analysis or even an individual stock price. Now, Andrew, you remember a few months ago, we had that bloodbath morning in the market. The Dow was down about two and a half percent, finished the day up two and a half percent. Remember that one? Yep. That was, I, and I think we were recording one of those days and we were talking about it as it was happening. It was an amazing day because the person that checked the market at 9 a.m., was likely depressed for the rest of the day, right? Right. But they should have been elated because at the end of the day, they were, well, they were 5% ahead of where they checked it last, 2.5% up for the day. So if you're into that sort of daily market affirmation thing, you know, you, you got to be super careful with that. When we see it with the individual stock prices as well. So yes, this goes along with market timing, but this could be, simply the silly mistake of looking at a stock price after hours and drawing conclusions where none exist. I mean, how many times have we seen that? The after hours trading, people like you know, bet the bank on that and then you know the market opens in the opposite direction, okay? It could be, and this is one, I, I, I have to admit, I catch myself doing this all the time. It could be looking at a price chart and thinking along a different timeline. So for example, let's say you pull up a chart and want to see what Visa and MasterCard look like in comparison to each other. Uh, I, I've done this a number of times, especially- I'm, Okay, with I'm these looking two at companies. Visa and MasterCard right now. So let's, I, let's walk through the train of thought here. Let's walk through it. And for those of you out there listening that want to play along, simply Google Finance, you pull up a MasterCard chart, MA, and then you put compare to and you put V in there. Now, on the top of that chart, you've got one day, five day, one month, six month, Year to date, one year, five year max. Big differences depending on which time frame you look at. Now, why why are you looking at this? Right, you're. We we could argue that this is kind of a past performance is not a guarantee of future results kind of situation where maybe you shouldn't be looking at what they've done in the past. Well, but, but I think it's a pretty typical comparison, right? You got two very similar companies in the exact same space, right? Visa and Mastercard are like probably one of the most obvious competitors to each other. Yeah, it, absolutely. And, and, and I think the year to date, and I don't want to get off on a tangent here, but I think this is important. The year to date number mm -hmm. and the one year number, right? Year to date, mm -hmm. MasterCard down 6.7, Visa down 7.7. .7. One year, MasterCard down 
10.56, Visa down 11.3. Not not a big difference in these two numbers for these two companies, but we'll see this year to date and one year uh, time horizon played out with a lot of people when they're talking. People don't differentiate. Year to date is January 1st up until today. Mm-hmm. One year is from one year ago. Previous 12 months. Uh, previous 12 months, right? So that's you know, that's all another aspect of information timing is making it, sure you understand it, it's, what it's you're also, looking at. It's also uh, 12 months from the the date in which you're you're recording, meaning like, I don't know what you're looking at. If you're looking at right. uh, end of March, are you looking at as of March 31st? Or are you looking at Mar- as of April 25th? Because the numbers you just said are different than the numbers I have, which yeah, there I'm, alone just tells you. Yeah, ex- proves the point, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I, I think the bigger, the bigger mistake that I think most people make is we just kind of blend it all together as history, right? So if you look at the one-year number, you go, oh, well, MasterCard and Visa, they're pretty similar. You look at the five-year number, 197% return for MasterCard, 124% for Visa. That's a big, big difference. And yes, we all know that four years is a, a, a big difference, meaning the difference between one year and five-year trailing returns. But when we're looking at things... When we see the same chart and just have one mouse click, it seems psychologically to just be not not as important. Like, oh, well, you know, in the last year, there was MasterCard has clearly outperformed Visa over the last five years, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're looking at that, just that one year, you, you kind of don't get it, right? So, um, well, but it- my argument would be that investing is is like golf and that it's a, a game of inches and degrees, right? So, you know, over the one year they're they're off by inches, right? Over the three years they're they're off by feet. Um, Mastercard winning. They're over the five years they're off by yards, uh, and over ten years they're off by miles. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so you just got to know what you're looking at. I mean, look, it seems so simple, but I. But my, my, I guess my pushback to your theory here is that the, the trend would seem consistent. I don't know if, if this is an issue of information timing as much as it is just financial literacy, right? Understanding what these numbers are, are saying. So understanding that year to date is January 1st from the current calendar year until whatever your, you know, the current date is, which if you're on January 7th, you're looking at, you know, the one week numbers there. Uh, if you're on November 30th, you're looking at not quite, but almost a full year of returns. Yeah. Andrew, I, I think well said, I think this is really about financial literacy, but it, it's also about being perfect, <laughs> meaning that you don't want to make one mistake in your analysis, in your investing, when it comes to understanding what information you're looking at and how it is relevant, if it's relevant from a time perspective or from a personal perspective, I, you know, if you're cooking, and I don't say cooking the books, but if you're if you're doing the books for a corporation, right? If you're looking at a financial statement or an income statement or a balance sheet, and you see you know, I, I was doing this in a class, right? And I, you do a balance sheet, you're off with one number, the whole thing's off, right? Sure. And, and, and I think that can be said for our portfolios, for our investments. If you're, 
if you're looking at getting a mortgage for your home and you, and you miss a number, right? Or if you get, let's say you get a 30-year mortgage and the, the broker quotes you 3.75% and the broker says, hey, you know what? That rate is good until uh, April 1st. Okay. Then you look at it, you know, and you go April 2nd, you start filling out the application. It's a, it's a different story, right? Correct. You have to pay attention to the day and, and the hour that you're in when you're doing your investments, right? So Yeah, and uh, m- much of financial modeling, whether you're running a, a comprehensive financial plan, whether you are running a valuation model on a business to be sold or, you know, running it for an exit strategy, or whether you're running, you know, some sort of analysis on a portfolio of multiple investments to see what sort of risk does it have? How do they correlate to each other? What is its potential return? So on and so forth. Anytime you are doing a multivariable financial analysis, the, the old adage is garbage in, garbage out, right? Meaning mm-hmm. the quality of the data inputs is what determines the success or failure of that assessment. And that's why there are very, very good investment bankers and very, very bad ones. That's why there's very, very good financial planners and very, very bad ones. Because so much of what you're doing in trying to predict the future is nobody has that crystal ball. So you are taking the information that we know. So this is going to be information that we can readily have on hands. If it's a person, it's how much investments do you have? What do you make? What is your savings rates? What sort of debts, liability payments, all that sort of stuff. And then looking at what is the likely future scenario over the next 5, 10, 15 years. Same thing for a company, right? Where's the company's balance sheet at today? What's the revenue growth models? What's the dividend per share? And what does this look like over the next three years? All right, based on this, you're trading at a four times multiple. Well, what if the multiple multiple is wrong. It's not trading at a four times, trading at a five times multiple. So the or garbage point, in garbage. Or a 4.1 time, right? Sure. It, it's so, those little numbers that can make the big difference. And, 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 and we're, we're talking about the numbers today, but you know, we're also talking about the, the time stamp of it. Look, if you're checking your, your stocks and it's you know, East Coast time, 6.27 a.m., you're looking at yesterday's numbers, Right. Mm-hmm. Four minutes later, now you're looking at some real time stuff. <laughs> you mentioned Good Friday, Andrew. I got to tell you, I do this every year on Good Friday. You know, and I was raised, uh, I was raised Catholic. But every year on Good Friday, you know, I just get up. It's a Friday. I'm pumped. I'm ready to go to work. Right. And then I look at the the stocks, and I'm like, they're not moving today. <laughs> it's like the market's what closed. Happened? Yeah, I know. But, you know, it's it's the little things like that. Now, of course, I don't make any moves based on the the stagnant uh, information that's from Holy Thursday. Right. But it's just, you know, even the people like myself who I feel have an incredible attention to detail, we can get caught up in the time and the date stamps of it. Right. Podcasts. Here's a great example podcast like ours right we try to keep things timely but it's it's difficult right you miss a day you miss a lot of information sure and i think that goes back to my point before so our our podcast is a great example we do episodes like this where we talk about concepts that can help shape your financial decision making information timing whether you're listening to this in 2022 or 2028 
probably doesn't matter. Like the information that we're talking about today is still relevant, right? The, the, the ideas of how this could apply to your life matters. If you go back a couple of weeks and you're listening to a From the Feed episode where we're talking about the most relevant financial and news and business stories that are happening today, well, it might be less relevant in 2028, right? So that it's just, it, it, you know, whether it's uh, of no interest or of no value, or it's just, hey, that, that was kind of a cool thing that happened back then. Uh, those tend to be more timely because they are news and event driven. So again, my, my point to some information is timeless and some information is only relevant in the moment in which it, it happens. Yeah, well said. And, and I'd like to segue this, Andrew, into some fun with it so that people can relate and remember what we're talking about today. And there was an article uh, on msn.com, uh, John Stewart struggles uh, add to list of streaming talk show flops. So the article this is- This is from Bloomberg, is, by the way. Is it? Yep. Yeah, I got it through MSN. There you go. All right, so Bloomberg, you know, this, this article is a week or so old. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, uh, th th this is conceptual, right? So this isn't, and, and again, it's just fun information that we can talk about and relate it to, you know, how we think about our portfolios. John Stewart's got a streaming show on Apple TV, the problem with John Stewart. And ironically, the problem with the show they're finding is that John Stewart, when he had the daily show was the daily show. He discussed events of that day and it was aired that evening you know you've watched I'm sure jimmy kimmel fallon johnny carson whatever they take the articles and the news from that day and they talk about it that night you know and i'm sure we've all done this we've gone back and maybe watched a rerun when uh jay leno was on vacation or something like that and joan rivers was filling in for johnny or whatever mm -hmm. you 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 saw a rerun and you went oh wow you know that that was that seemed like so long ago right it was you know a month old news well john stewart's finding in the streaming world that we live in where people want to be able to watch what they want when they want if you're watching something that's so timely like a uh, like a talk show on a streaming platform like you said andrew about our podcast it can seem irrelevant if they're talking about a topic that is in the past. Right. Yeah. I mean, his, his problem is just his distribution, right? He's just on the wrong platform for the type of commentator, life commentator, uh, entertainment commentator that he is. His, well, his tried, things though. are, are timely, right? He is just, it was very, very intelligent and very, very well read. And that's what made him so popular on the daily show was that, I mean, they were, they were doing stories and they probably had an incredible team, but they're doing stories, literally things that happened that morning. I mean, they were just on top of stuff and well, God. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and I found it fascinating because I was an avid, avid viewer of the daily show. And, and I found it fascinating that Jon Stewart did his homework so much so that when he had authors on there, which he had quite a few, probably one to two or three a week, maybe. He would read the entire book before the before the author got on there, front to back, and you could tell, like you could you you could tell by the questions he was asking and the responses that that he was getting. He would read the entire book that day, and you know they put in the hours, right? And they did it in the streaming version. 
he's he's shied away from that because you know he knows it's a streaming platform so he knows that he can't really have up to the minute information so he's kind of talking about more general topics climate change you know the episode we talked about before which was the stock market right he's not talking about hey what the stock market did today yesterday last week or year to date he was looking at it over the last 20 years and and it's kind of um it's just a bigger picture that streaming talk shows have to take but that medium i just don't think it's going to work long term right because people if they want to watch a talk show about what's going on right now they're not going to go back and look at some kind of general information you know it, there's just not a middle ground i don't think for for those people to kind of succeed you know which is uh, you know, well i mean but you can stream live shows meaning you can have a live show that airs on a very specific day and time on YouTube and you can go to somebody's channel and you can get notified when it's about to go live and whether they're actually in a quote unquote stu studio doing it live or whether it was pre-recorded made specifically for release on that day doesn't matter, but it, it airs to the public live and then you're able to on demand, go back and, and watch that. So you can still have, the problem is you just need to build up a, an audience who is willing. You got to think like the jail, the daily show with Jon Stewart was so unique because it was in an era where we didn't have as many on demand and, and streaming options, especially when he got really, really popular. So right. he was on a syndicated national network. It was at the right time slot for the demographic he was going after, which was definitely like a younger millennial Gen X, Gen Y uh, demographic. Uh, he wasn't trying to get like the baby boomers to convert from like their six o'clock news hour. And there wasn't a lot of other options. Today, content creators, including well-established television hosts, right? Big TV networks, studios, they're all competing for everyone's time and attention. You could be watching the daily, you know, the problem with Jon Stewart, or you could be listening to the Dollars and Sensibilities podcast, right? Like you only have an hour or 45 minutes out of your day. You have to choose. You can't do both at once, not at least not very effectively. So yeah. as more and more options come, like, I just think that the timing of that is not the only issue. It, it is it is kind of the distribution of how they're trying to target his audience. It was influential, Andrew, because it was timely and well-researched. Mm -hmm. They had good output of information, whether you agree with it or not. The output of information there was, was good in that it was timely and well-researched. Now, it's not. It's conceptual, right? The information... Frankly, I, I find it to be a much more opinionated than it was before. And that's what you have to do when you're being conceptual. If you're being timely, you don't have to be as opinionated. You can be a lot more factual. So translate that. Let's bring it back full circle. What are we talking about? In your portfolio, if you're looking at making moves, if you're looking at buying life insurance, establishing a revocable living trust, if you're just trying to see how many stocks you should have in relation to your bonds, how old are you? What's your risk tolerance? What's your time horizon? And then the products that you put in there, what, <laughs> what have they done for you lately, right? But right. What, what are you using 
as a time frame for your analysis. If you're looking at balance sheets of corporations, make sure that you're looking at current year or previous year, right? If you want to see how much cash a corporation has on hand, you can Google cash on hand for Apple Incorporated, right? That's right. Make sure, look at the date of the timestamp to make sure you're getting the current numbers. All right, folks, we hope, you gave you, uh, we hope we gave you something to think about here today. Check the dates on your articles. Double check that timeline on the x-axis on those stock charts. Make sure you're always living in the moment. And please, like, comment, subscribe, and tell a friend to listen to Dollars and Sensibilities wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to hearing from you. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the Dollars and Sensibility podcast. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so that you can join us for each and every episode. Follow us on social media at WIS Advisors and be sure to check out our website at wisadvisors.com. Tune in for the next step on the bridge between dollars and the mind of the sensible investor. Thanks for listening. Bill McBride and Andrew Martz are investment advisor representatives and registered representatives with Western International Securities Incorporated. All the opinions expressed by Andrew, Bill, and all podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Western International Securities. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Western International Securities may maintain positions discussed in this podcast.